Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, an international menopause expert, author, and speaker. I help women go from feeling uncertain, uncomfortable, and struggling to experiencing a new sense of confidence, freedom, and vitality. My own story mirrors that of thousands of women that I have connected with through writing my book, speaking engagements, and coaching. Like you, I felt unprepared, unsupported, and at times dismissed by family, employers, and even doctors. That's why I created this podcast as a place of advocacy, offering facts, resources, and a community where you can become more empowered to take control of your menopause journey. Join us each week as we dive into honest, open, raw conversations on the topics that matter deeply to menopausal midlife women. From our changing bodies to our relationships, to dealing with menopause and aging at work and in society. My mission is to help you to tap into our collective wisdom so you can emerge more powerful, wiser, not just older, thriving and ready to embrace wholeheartedly the next chapter in your life. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. And today, we're going to be talking about something that really touched my heart, and that is the whole conversation around dignified menstruation and menopause, and really why that's so important for women all around the world, but particularly the work of my guest today in her work in Nepal, but also how that expands to many other countries in what we call the Global South. I'm deeply honored to have as a guest somebody who I first came across on Twitter, Radha Powdell. She's a former nurse, and she's now an author, an activist, and she is the founder of Global South Coalition for a Dignified Menopause. Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, Radha. Namaste. Thank you so much for having me on behalf of Global South Coalition for Dignified Administration. I'm humbled and honored. Well, we are the same here because this is such an important conversation. Radha, talk about how you came to be working and to be founding the Global South Coalition. It's only... It has a very long story, more than four decades of story, but I like to share very briefly in three levels. The first, my childhood story. At the age of the seven or 40 years back, I was deeply traumatized by knowing the menstruation that was seen from God. Therefore, um, needed to follow several sets of uh, restrictions and um, my mother said I also would have the same situation when I grown up. At the age of nine, I ran away from the home for committing suicide because I did not like to live as a girl child, as an impure and unwanted baby. I was struggling with myself and living with the two minds and heart. And one mind all the time was thinking about how could I die. 
how could I die and born as a boy? That was my thought. So later in at the age of 14, I had a first menstruation. I ran away from home again for avoiding all kind of restriction what my three sisters and mother were followed. Later at the age of 15, I went to nursery school where I enlightened and started to speak on menstruation. This is my childhood story. And in the meantime, I learned from the fillers and mistake. Let me explain. In the beginning of my menstrual journey, I also thought that menstruation is a matter of the hygiene. I worked so hard, but the things were not changing. Meanwhile, when I started to do, um, uh, to visitate various parts of the country um, and outside of the country, I learned that menstrual discrimination is everywhere. Across the globe, a different name, forms and magnitude. The underlying cause of impurity and that leads silence, ignorance, fear, resistance throughout the life cycle of the menstruators. More importantly, I knew that it was not only five days bleeding. It's a matter of life, life cycle of the menstruators. The, the current, the global practice of gender and social inclusion policy really did not address the menstrual discrimination or the needs and priorities of the menstruators, no matter whether it is a menstruation or menopause. And menstrual discrimination is a political and human right concern. It's a matter of dignity. Each menstruators deserve the dignity throughout the life cycle within the identity. These are the my practical and childhood stories. And later, in it was very interesting incident happened um, in, in Nepal. In 2017, the government of Nepal developed the policy on dignified menstruation, where I was one of the core member for policy drafting committee. The dignified menstruation was most innovative and holistic approach, but the people and organization who were there for drafting the policy, they, they did not talk about dignified menstruation at all. Even while conducting the uh, international, national public programs. And at the global level, at the same time, at the global level, I observed misinterpretation of menstrual issues and stories at the name of the ponds and expertise, which were not true at all. Even the UN and other big organizations are not seeing the menstrual discrimination is underlying cause for constructing patriarchy and uh, uh, cause for violence at home and everywhere. In, in this connection, I wanted to change the narratives in order to change the world. Despite having zero funds and having pain and deep passion, I determined and amplified the campaign on dignified menstruation. So in this connection, I, I, I started uh, um, the Global South Coalition for Dignified Menstruation. In the beginning, I called for application for the steering committee. And then based on that, I also took some interview and based on that, we started the steering committee, the websites, and now the Global South Coalition is expanding in terms of the membership and its scope of work as well. And while talking... Amazing, Radha. I mean, it is amazing. Thank it's you. Amazing. I'm coming. I'm not finishing it. While we talk dignified menstruation, we need to explain what it is, how it comes, how... 
did we define here let me conclude that dignified menstruation is a state of free from all forms of stigma taboos shyness restriction abuses discrimination associated with menstruators throughout their life life within all identities that means dignified menstruation is a matter of the womb to tomb thus the dignified menopause is an element of dignified menstruation i always believe that the dignified menstruation equals to dignified menopause it's the two sides of the coin unfortunately the menstruation and the menopause is not a priority of stakeholders if we compare in two phenomena i saw bit very bit very tiny positivity or excitement towards the menstruation for the sake of marriage and the baby but menopause is totally hiding under the shadow no one like to talk about it no matter whether it is natural or chemical or surgical menopause the journey might not guarantee for smooth landing in other words some of them have the harassed life where they intended to quit their life the partner the family and the workplace must acknowledge and work around it i am further inspired for dignified menopause because of my two sisters had a surgical menopause and they had a tough life after surgery merely the silence on dignified menopause it is a human right not a privilege thus every one including government should take accountability for it in this connection i have been working on dignified menopause as a part of dignified menstruation as a umbrella framework to amplify the voice of dignified menopause on the third international dignified menstruation day you may aware about it at december mm-hmm. uh, 2021 together with the friends uh, helen and sara from scotland and england uh, and global south coalition for dignified menstruation will be hosting the summit on dignified menopause just finish the translation of the book called surgical menopause in nepali we would launch um, this book by 8th international dignified menstruation day so these are the inspiration and every day i am inspiring when i hear the stories of the um, uh, um, young girls or the um, uh, pre menopause menopause women i really inspired and i'm so so humbled with their stories and i i determined to work around it I love your work so much Rada and your passion. I mean, talk about the restrictions that you faced yourself and how common they were. When I was child uh, 40 years back that time I only observed the restriction uh, through my three sisters and mother. Uh, but these these uh, kind of uh, restriction are similar even today in many parts of the country but uh, the global media international media and few ngos few uh, not few most of the donors are only focusing on the uh, western nepal they, they do not like to define uh, as a menstrual discrimination uh, for me menstrual discrimination is is is, is a is a umbrella word again it it refers to the stigma abuses signage uh, discrimination associated with the menstruation throughout the life cycle 
यूजली द पीपल इफ यू इफ यू गो थ्रू द गूगल द ओल्ड ओल्ड स्कॉलर्स एक्टिविस्ट हाईलाइटेड ओनली द मिनरल प्रैक्टिस फ्रॉम ओस्ट नेपाल बट आई हैव बीन ट्रैवलिंग मोर देन सिक्सटी डिस्ट्रिक्ट आउट ऑफ सेवेंटी सेवेन एंड आई फाउंड द रेस्ट्रिक्शन रिलेटेड विद द फूड Uh, during the menstruation, certain foods are not allowed, like citrus fruits um, or milk, milk products. It depending on on place to place. It 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 different from place to place, culture to culture. However, there is a common similarities, and also the restrictions um, uh, regarding the touch. Um, uh, the menstruating girls and women are not allowed to touch the um, uh, any main member. Religious books, religious materials, uh, even the uh, house or kitchen or refrigerator, something like that, and they also cannot mobile in many places. For example, they cannot um, uh, sit uh, in the same dining table during the menstruation, and they cannot uh, go and cook the food. These are the very specific restrictions practicing across the country uh, in in different names, forms, and the magnitude. But if you go through the practices at the global level there are common commonalities across the globe as well um, in canada in australia in uk uh, in uh, um, uh, germany there are the different kinds of restriction uh, for example in bangladesh bangladesh is a, is a uh, muslim dominant country and they also don't eat the citrus food uh, they, they don't uh, allow to eat the coconut banana during the Insulation in Philippines. Philippines is the uh, Christian country, Catholic country, and they also have a restriction. Um, uh, the, 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 and there is a very deep silence. They they don't talking about it. And likewise, in in uh, uh, many parts of the in the um, Africa, the Latin America, uh, they also have uh, some sort of restriction related to the food, touch, uh, and mobility. I was talking. Um, I was hosting the webinar with the friends from Niger, from Africa, and they were said, um, because of the menstruation, when they they walk through the field, the uh, uh, field with the matured crops, um, the the crops also converted is a is is a polluted, contaminated. That is why they are not allowed to enter into the uh, that kind. the field and in africa south africa i was um, uh, uh, talking with the prince and then she was uh, referring oh you have uh, this practice this practice and then when i asked would you explain about the is details how do you do um, uh, uh, for five days uh, could you explain the 24 uh, 7 um, activities uh, for five days and then she explain the same more or less the same kind of restriction in canada the the 25% children don't like to go to the um, uh, public places during the menstruation just last january in uk they released the one report uh, out of 10 nine menstruators feel anxiety and they don't like to go outside of the house um, either school or work because of the uh, um, because they are afraid from the leaking so so, so i keep talking with the brains across the globe and i also try to 
picked up the practices, restriction practices across the globe by country-wise. You can find in the website of dignifiedmission.org. And everywhere there are the stigma, taboos, restriction, abuses associated with the menstruation. But if you talk about the menopause, oh my God. Menopause, menopause, <laughs> yeah. no one likes to talk. Even in my country, it is already 60 years of having the medical hospitals, medical institute, and the uh, maternity and gynae hospital. And, and even, uh, even it is a very um, uh, um, topic of the Tiabo, no one likes to talk. And um, I, I just wrote one article about the about the um, uh, dignified menopause in Nepali, and I, I said it is it is a roller coaster. Um, we, in Nepali, we called we called rotaping. Rotaping means uh, like a roller coaster, exactly roller coaster. And then uh, everyone called me. Oh, rather you made it. You you broke the silence. You, you talk about it. And I I also have the symptom when I go through your article. I also feel like I have a symptom. I have already crossed the forty years. I'm forty five. So these kind of comments, uh, messages I received through the phone calls and the Facebook Messenger. So, so um, yeah. everyone looking for the baby, everyone looking for the marriage, even the parents were silently watching whether their girl baby has a menstruation or not, when um, her contemporary friends have a menstruation, they have some kind of monitoring and they, they were worried some sort of worried with the menstruation, but menopause, no, no one. And and that I oh, saw in my oh. family, in my on my sisters. Yes, yes, and and I think what you say there from a Nepalese context is exactly what I heard my friend who is Chinese Malay say. She mentioned her symptoms and said to her friends, "Do you have these?" And they all went, "Oh no, oh, no, I don't think so." But they do, uh, but they can't talk about it. And I think sometimes because there is silence, people in the West make up things like, oh, Asian women don't experience symptoms. And I'm like, no, that's not true. There's just such a big barrier for the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree some extent because the Asian women uh, have so many uh, issues and they they, they don't have a space. They, they don't count as a human being, and, and they, they 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 experience layers of discrimination since I do. That is why they may not express it. They may not express it, but but definitely they also um, struggle within themselves, and, and they are dying every moment. Yes, it's and it must be so hard because you can't even talk about it within your family. Am I right, Radha? Sorry, say again. You don't even talk about it in your family. Yeah, in my family, the exceptional case. Um, in family, in general, it's not a matter of the um, issue. No one talk about it. Um, even the children within the husband and wife. I saw so many cases that um, the, uh, the, there is a. Uh, uh, barrier or, or, or interruption of the relationship between the partners, husband and wife. Because uh, wife is not ready for the um, sex or she doesn't have a uh, 
willingness for the sex and she, she might have a different um, experiences like uh, hot flush or pain or um, joint pain or um, depression anxiety that kind of things don't understand by the children and by the husband or partner and th this kind of situation is very common in nepal i think it is not only in nepal it is also happening in other parts of the world as well while going through the book yes. I, I just recently uh, going through the two books on menopause from usa and the Scotland and both books uh, said that it took like nine years, 12 years to identify it as a um, uh, issue related with the menopause. I think that's very true um, because no one's talking and your doctor doesn't talk to you either. How it certainly that was my experience that never did my doctor mention the word menopause, never. Oh my God. Um, and I don't know, uh, what is the situation with uh, the medical community in Nepal and in the global south? Are they trained? Do they have conversation or is that still really not discussed? Really not discussed in a very short term. When my sister had a problem after um, surgery, hysterectomy, a couple of times I accompanied with her uh, while visiting with the doctor. And then even I have some sort of um, uh, uh, personality. I build the rapport with the doctor and then I try to explain the scenario. She is a surgical message in a surgical menopause, blah, blah, blah. I, I try to give the history. However, they did not listen much and they did not talk about it. They just, they just described the certain, prescribed the certain medicine. Um, that's it. But uh, there is a, a huge gap in, in understanding the listening of the, um, his, the issues. And because of the circumstances, many women cannot explain what they have, what they have um, struggle, uh, everyday struggle because of the menopause. And even the, um, the nurses, the medical doctors, it's just there is a very tiny component um, uh, about the menopause. Even the menstruation and menopause is just, they, 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 they um, understand in a way that the physiological perspective, they don't see um, the impact uh, or relationship with the social society, the other aspect of the society, the social, cultural, political aspect, and their negative consequences on on the lives of the menstruators, that part is uh, greatly missed. Yes, which means women end up, don't they, with very restricted lives a lot of the time because of this. If you can't eat certain things, you can't sit at the table, you can't, it makes your world quite small, doesn't it? Yeah, totally agree. Mm. In the, what founding, you founded the Global South Coalition for Dignified Menopause. How, who else has become your partner in that? Uh, actually, we, we founded Global South Coalition for Dignified Menstruation. 
and while we talk the dignified administration is 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 um, uh, cover everything from om to tom that means uh, if there is a sex selective abortion or uh, caring of the children the the, the discrimination between um, boy and son um, the education uh, medical treatment everything will come under the dignified menstruation um, uh, concept because it is very innovative and holistic uh, approach we strongly believe that the menstrual discrimination because of the um, uh, because of the uh, the people um, the community people across the country across the globe not only nepal uh, they consider menstrual blood as, as an impure because of the impurity um uh, they they asked for um, uh, so many things for to do and for not to do and because of this to do and not to do things construct the power and that that perpetuate the patriarchy and because of the patriarchy um, there are so many violences um, uh, uh, the girls women and the and uh, trans men queer uh, are experiencing but globally we we just um, saying patriarchy patriarchy if there is a rape patriarchy if there is a sexual harassment patriarchy if there is a um, uh, ignorance on menstruation patriarchy but no one like to go underneath um, of the patriarchy and to me to us the menstrual impurity or menstrual discrimination construct the power and patriarchy so this is how we are uh, trying to change the narratives um, to change the uh, um, old um, and here usually while we if you google um usually the global south coalition or north coalition usually um, uh, supported um, by the donors organization like um, big organization even or other big organization or network who are living uh, who are initiated in the um, uh, global north um, but in our case it is entirely voluntarily initiated uh, we initiated from the pain and passion we have a friends from oh, australia <laughs> Yes, you have an Australia. That's really cool. yeah. We have a friends from Australia in 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 our uh, um, um, committee, friends from Sri Lanka, uh, Philippines, Bangladesh, um, Indonesia, and then uh, friends from um, Uganda, uh, North America chapter, and UK and Austria. These are the friends who are working closely um, and involved in the research advocacy um, and also organizing the series of um, activities. Last year, we um, organized the uh, uh, first uh, international level workshop on dignified menstruation. And this year, you know, we, we have a global summit on uh, dignified menopause. But these all friends and organizations, we are working on the Global South Coalition for Dignified Mission is a Voluntarily, we don't have any funding yet, um, uh, because of the new concept, we need to we need to uh, uh, we need to uh, produce the evidences. What is the impact um, of uh, um, undignified menstruation or undignified workplace um, uh, impact on the GDP, impact on the economic empowerment? For example, let me let me make very clear on it. Um, uh, if the dignified mission friendly workplace has um, has not uh, in place 
how could we uh, achieve the economic empowerment in the absence of the dignified mistress and friendly workplace neither the young menstruators who is menstruating or nor adult menstruators who is who is approaching premenopause or menopause could work with decent manner i am sure that the dignified menstruation has a connection with the gdp and unfortunately no one see this is an important concern it is it is one of the goal of out of 17 sustainable development goals uh, under the uh, global slogan uh, leave no one behind but no one talk about it see so uh, in our coalition everything we we have been doing voluntarily i am working 24/7 i am so flexible i am giving all my time energy for the dignified menstruation um and um, my other colleagues from different parts of the country and other member uh, friends uh, they they involve in in um, uh, certain hours in a month and every month um, we had a um, we choose the 28th uh, of every month um, is a average menstrual day for our update and planning and we we keep doing um, advocacy whatever possible educating the people the un uh, the other funding agencies the individuals the organization whatever possible through the webinar through the social media and also conducting the research um, now we we maybe by the end of the uh, october we will publish another report um, research report the, which will be the uh, very innovative again uh, we we are trying to see the linkage between child marriage and the menstrual discrimination because globally oh, the yes. global community started um, to work on um, have been working on let me say again um, have been working on um, child marriage ending child marriage for last um, one um, century Uh, but uh, there is no significant changes likewise we we, we started to work on uh, discrimination against uh, all forms of uh, uh, violence against girls and women since 1979 cedo committee the um, first international human right uh, covenant uh, covenant for women but uh, the thing the violence is not reducing the home is becoming unsafe place every day and we are not touching the power power construction and power relationship within the home within within the relationship with between the partners uh, since childhood that is why we are we are trying to build that kind of researches but it is very very tough because uh, uh, we publish the book but we cannot publish uh, physically we only we only publish through the webs uh, through the um, online Oh, ebook yes yes through yes, the ebook ebook yes yes and that makes it hard um and, and you really brought up some two very big things that haven't got better in this pandemic have they rada either with child marriage and domestic violence it feels like everywhere those things are going backwards and they're not improving and um, that certainly the patriarchy it is changing the laws even here in Europe in Russia uh in, in Brazil uh, uh, to work against women in these spaces yeah um, 
we 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 realize that the global community realize that the violence the increasing of the child marriage is because of the covid pandemic but uh, we strongly believe that global south coalition for dignified menstruation team strongly believe that is not true because we are not um, uh, trying to analyze how the power construct you will have a good job or you are the you will be the political leader or the rich people this kind of powers comes later but when the child um, uh, about 6 7 years no matter whether he or she they understand or they know not understand they know something about the menstruation from the media from the blood spot from the menstrual product in the bathroom from their mother or sisters or something like that and and at the meantime the, the six years girls started to relate with her body oh i also would have the menstruation in future i also have to hide this uh, menstruation have to manage this menstrual um, product uh, this 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 i have to do it see before having the menstruation she she started to understand and take it as a very uh, strong um, uh, strong uh, uh, way uh, and later she considered oh this is my culture this because this is i born as a woman that is why i have to do it uh, this is my religion this is my um, family practice i don't like to hurt my mother so that kind of things the girl build um, uh, yes. before having the menstruation at the meantime boys understand oh i never menstruate i am the pure i am the powerful i have the privileges so why should i not um, teasing to my sister why should um, not follow the um, uh, instruction of my parents so since i would men become more more violent and they start to uh, use their masculine character and later they converted as a is a perpetrators is a rapist and yes. the even community and many organizations uh, have a campaign say no how the girl can say no if she cannot say no with her brother at um, at home she cannot say no with her um, uh, parents how how could she say no in school or her partner or in her with her husband and now we are facing intimate partner violence marital rape, rape uh, other kind of um, violence so this is a very high time to undergo um, um, undergo after the patriarchy how the patriarchy how the how does the power uh, construct and shape and socialize and this is because of the menstruation no matter whether um, you from global north or south poor or rich educated or not Mm, everywhere there is some sort of stigma taboos uh, discrimination yes. associated with the menstruation menstruation means um, i'm also referring the menopause not only the menstruation because i always refer to the menstruators throughout the life cycle our approach is life cycle approach yes. i'm i'm not talking yes. for 5 days i'm not talking about the atml blood mm. i'm talking throughout the life cycle om to tom approach that means yes. there is a stigma taboos everywhere and because of that we are facing other kinds of uh, sexual and gender violence and and the global community Absolutely. is still yeah. fail to acknowledge that fact yeah and uh, and that's very true because it's 
I mean, it can be more overt in some cultures than others, um, but it's there in every culture, however socially advanced they look on the surface. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. the rich countries, they have the other, other, um, systems like internet or um, they have the some sort of money information that is why it is it is not um, uh, not visible is uh, is is visible in the developing countries but there is a, also the taboo the stigma and i always ask the questions why you people call the period for the menstruation let's say menstruation directly the same yes. period is also the another yes. way of uh, looking for the excuses. The, there is a shyness or stigma or taboo associated with the word of the period. Why people are talking period poverty? There is another layer of the, layer of the discrimination. Poor people, refugee yeah. people, homeless people, they cannot um, afford the menstrual product. And dignified menstruation from the lens of the dignified menstruation is, 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 is again the discrimination. At the name of the advocacy or the support, this is another type of uh, discrimination. So we need to say directly menstruation, menopause, directly, menstrual product, yes. something like that. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I mean, it's only in the last few years that we have been able to talk about the word menopause here in, you know, quite advanced, you know, sort of Western, you know, cultures with the internet and TV and programs. But for a long time, people called it the change and kind of whispered it, even in my, certainly in my growing up. Uh, we called it, you know, she's going through the change. And now at least we're learning to say the word menopause, yeah. but you're absolutely right, Rada. Menstruation and everybody goes a bit pale and looks uncomfortable. We, we can't seem to say that word at all. Yeah. Yeah. But when I go through the surgical menopause book, I was literally crying, literally crying. And, and then I, 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 requested to Helen, Helen, I wanted to uh, translate this book. Please uh, allow me for the um, write. And, and she agreed. And finally, it is already translated and it is under the process of the publication. And I'm so happy. And uh, those who have a uterus and the ovary, they have the menopause. They do. <laughs> there is no excuses at all. No, no, there is no escape. I know. And this global committee is looking only for the babies. And are we considering as a, as a machine for baby production? They should not take care of our body, our, 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 which is the provided by the nature. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting angry while I think in that way. Yes, and I think all of us are, and I think that all of us who work in this space rather share that angle with you because, you know, suddenly it's like when you can't be that baby machine and then the whole layer of what women are supposed to look like and be like to be that baby machine, then uh, when we go through menopause, there is a sense that we have less value. Yeah. We are seen as invisible. We are passed over for things at work, we are ignored by people in society and we are, you know, treated and and represented in ways that do not represent who we are. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. 
and and even the um, work place oh my god um yeah. everyone um, ostracized everyone um, don't like religion you know my sister's face all large issues in a workplace and she she has a deep level of the uh, silence and and the strict stigma and she she did not like to share with her colleagues and and she suffered a lot even she used the you know the psychiatric medicine and oh i i'm oh, mad and and uh, what would be happen to the women who don't have a voice you can imagine and that's why you're here and and why people like you are doing the work you do to give women a voice yeah. um in society tell tell the listeners a little bit more about this event that you've mentioned on the 8th of December i've signed up but i'd love that more people could get behind and support the work of the global south coalition for dignified menopause and menstruation uh, yeah first let me explain about the um, 8th December, uh, why it is important. Uh, uh, the November 15 to December 10 is a 16 days activism, which is uh, started by the UN. And uh, worldwide, this 16 days mark for preventing the sexual and gender-based violence and celebrating the achievements and promoting the human right, right? So, um, from the uh, definition of the UN, sexual and gender-based violence, the menstrual discrimination, menstrual discrimination is a form of sexual and gender-based violence. And it is a, yes. it is a violation of the human right. And it is a key cause for, um, uh, for, uh, um, uh, creating the violence. Menstrual discrimination play is a cause and effect. It's not only the cause. It has a multiple roles um, for creating the violence. So by considering the complexity of the menstrual discrimination, the multifaceted nature of the menstrual discrimination, uh, we choose the 14th day of the 16 days activism to draw the attention of the UN and the other stakeholders globally, one thing. Second thing, the menstruation, the uh, dignified menstruation and menopause is a human right. It's not the privilege. That is why December month is a month of the uh, human right month. That is why we picked up the 8th December. So these are the main reasons we, we choose the 8th December for dignified menstruation. And since 2019, um, Ministry of Women, Children and Senior Citizen on behalf of the Government of Nepal and other Paul Foundation, Global South Coalition started or initiated the International Dignified Menstruation Day. Uh, and in uh, at the meantime, our colleagues from Australia, Indonesia, Sri Lanka also uh, marked the day whatever possible from their end. And in 2020, despite having the COVID pandemic, uh, we we, um, we uh, conducted the three days um, international workshop on dignified menstruation. It's all about changing the narratives around menstruation uh, for changing the world and 
dignified mission the 360 degree lens uh, we concluded uh, with uh, 12 points uh, declaration and call for action and this year this year we 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 choose the uh, slogan dignified menopause uh, is a human right not a privilege because this global community they, they keep talking empowerment they keep talking sexual and reproductive health keep talking peace keep talking uh, sustainable development goal and they um, and and they keep forgetting about the half of the population of this planet and, yeah, you're right. Yeah, this doesn't get mentioned. Yeah, it has to be. And then um, women. Yes, and when yes. you know, Elena and myself were talking for the webinar, and I said, "No, no, 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 Elena, let's 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 do. Uh, you also do not have the money. I also do not have the money. We are the crazy women. We have to. Uh, we both um, uh, overcome from our suicidal attempts." That means we 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 are living with the, with the bonus life. We have to give the voices for the women who don't have a voice globally. So let's let's start something dignified menopause summit, whatever possible from our side. This is how we started, and we will have the um, uh, virtual session. Uh, friends from Scotland, they will do some kind of uh, um, uh, physical program, but uh, from across the globe, we will be joining virtually. And we also have a um, uh, memo for, uh, for UN to consider the dignified menopause as a priority. And also, um, we will launch the book, the Nepali book from here. And um, also, the friends from Nepal uh, and from hopefully from Indonesia will be speaking as a as a keynote speaker and um, the friends who already submitted the abstract they will be uh, speaking as a speaker over there and we will trying to um, it is a very short um, we gave a smart summit because um, because of the COVID and the limited resources uh, we will do only uh, one day summit um, and the friends, uh, those who are interested to speak, to share, um, uh, they will be speaking. And the dignified menopause, we, we urge the people to think beyond the box of the medical aspect business aspect. Most of the municipal yes. activism uh, 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 focus on the hygiene, focus on the toilet, focus on the product, focus on the uh, medicines and the surgeries yes. because they, they are the yes. uh, source of the income. They, they are the kind of business. But we, we, we always think more, think more than that, like a social aspect the family aspect, the political aspect, the economic aspect, so we can include everyone on the same board and because the all menstruators deserve the dignity uh, throughout their life cycle. So this is how we are trying to change the narratives. That is amazing. And I think to all the listeners, sign up to the summit and listen to the speakers because these are, as Radha rightly says, the issues that do not get raised to the same degree. In menopause, they talk symptoms, 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 and getting rid of symptoms, which is not unimportant, but it, there are much bigger issues uh, than just that medical, physiological part to this time of life. So if you want to listen to some, I know some of the speakers, it will be an amazing conversation. Yeah, and if any of the listener like to 
extend the uh, solidarity please write the email to dignifiedmenopause@gmail.com uh, or you can um, uh, visit the dignifiedmenopause.org and you can send your individual or organizational level solidarity you are most welcome and also if you like to be a, a member or partner for global south coalition for dignified menstruation there is a membership form available in the website it is a free and then less than one minute business so you most welcome and together we can uh, go faster and farther um, and we are working um, global south coalition are working uh, um, because uh, for avoiding such kind of suffering and pain uh, among our daughters and granddaughters we wanted to um, uh, uh, make a path a dignified path for our future generation that is why we are working so hard so if you like to join the in this journey anyone men female lesbian queer trans men any uh, person any human being who believe on the dignified menstruation and dignified menopause are the two sides of the coins you are most welcome that is fantastic rada we are going to put that in the show notes make sure when we share this episode that it, we share that also on social media to help make sure that people get behind the summit and that also we you raise donations for the work you're doing because it is vital conversation and most of all for women who maybe have less voice than some women in in the global north thank you and thank you rada it has been a fantastic listening to you i'm in awe of the work and your passion so i i thank you for coming on the show you're very busy and you've given your time i'm i'm deeply grateful i'm deeply humbled thank you so much same here uh, i have another sister every day um, i i have a blessing uh, because i menstruate and i have a sisters mothers daughters granddaughters and this is my true meaning of being a woman in this planet Thank you for listening. If you have loved or liked this episode, then I would be deeply grateful if you would head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. My mission is to reach as many women as possible, menopausal midlife women who may be feeling alone and asking questions. Why do I feel this way? Thriving through menopause is all about a community of our collective wisdom. You matter to me. Your feedback, opinions and stories matter to me. And I would love to hear from you. So drop me an email, clarissa at clarissachristensen.com. I genuinely want your feedback and your ideas on the topics that you would like to hear more of on this podcast. And if you are a woman who feels that they are struggling alone through menopause and you need more support, pop over to my website, clarissachristiansen.com. You can find free resources and you can book a one-to-one discovery call with me. Let's start conversation. Thank you once again for listening.
The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP.